Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi, the place of everything related to Amazon FBA and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsi. And today we bring you a very interesting topic, which is actually everything that has to do with sourcing from Mexico. We know it's a very hot topic lately with people trying to find solutions outside of the typical China sourcing. Uh, what a better guest, actually, than Amy Wiss. She's actually the CEO of Amazing at Home where they specialize on anything that has to do with scaling your uh, business on Amazon. She also has an amazing podcast, which actually that's where I got some of my experience from selling on Amazon. So I also recommend it. I'm going to put all the information down in the description. And she's actually also one of the founders of Sourcing a Mexico Trip. So that that event, I mean, I can't wait for the next one. It's, it's going to be happening in February. I'm going to be taking part in that event. and can't wait, to be honest. So Amy, it's a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so stoked to have you with us, coming with us to Mexico and getting to experience that as well. It's just, it's such a cool experience. Yeah. I mean, for me, to be honest, it, it, it would be a pleasure to be there because, I mean, you know, some of my backgrounds in Latin America, actually, I spent like almost 15 years in Venezuela. So for me, going back to Latin America and provide some value there specifically in Mexico, teach people about how they can scale their business online is definitely something that I'm looking forward to them. And I appreciate the invite 100%. So, but yeah, before we jump into that, I would like to give you a couple of minutes, you know, so you can tell us a bit about Amy. You know, you have uh, such an amazing background. And just tell us about how you jump into e-commerce and how you made amazing at home and all the great things you do so far. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll try not to, I'll try to give you guys the short version Yeah, <laughs> because, yeah. you know, these stories can get long and we do a lot of stuff. So, um, I was in the United States air force and, um, I, in 2007, I saw, I was in college at the same time while I was serving in the air force and I was trying to find textbooks online on Amazon. And, okay. um, you know, that was a great place to buy used textbooks at the time and textbooks are expensive. Yeah. So <laughs> I looked and I saw this little button that said, sell yours here. And I was like, Oh, mm. I, I can sell my textbooks here as well as buy them. So I, I started getting into that. And I started, you know, back then it was like merchant fulfill. There wasn't like yeah. FBA stuff. It mm -hmm. wasn't that big yet. So I just started merchant fulfilling textbooks and then I kind of caught the bug because I was like, okay, these <laughs> things are flying, right? Like wonder what else I can sell. So I started selling like my CDs. I started selling and most people don't, you know, today kids don't even know what a CD yeah. is anymore. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> like, nonetheless, a cassette tape or anything like that. But um, so I started, you know, just flipping everything I could find. I went to like mm. Goodwill and I remember finding, um, just looking up on the, in the shopping app, yeah. I found um, a Polaroid camera at uh, Goodwill. Mm. They had a whole bin of them and they were selling on Amazon for like 
I forgot. It was something like $80 or something. And yeah. I could buy them for $7 each. I could wow. Whoa, like that's cool, right? So I just started flipping everything on Amazon and eBay yeah. back in 2007. So I did it as a hobby, obviously. It wasn't mm -hmm. really a business. Um, and I just continued to do that. And then uh, the Air Force sent us to Hawaii. I know, poor us, right? And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I started my own Etsy store because I didn't want a merchant fulfill from yeah. uh, Hawaii. And mm -hmm. so I started my own Etsy store. I was painting wine glasses and beer signs, and that was fun. And then also selling those at like local markets. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so I uh, retired from the Air Force in 2018. And my husband also, my husband uh, Rashid also um, did 20 years in the Air Force. Okay. And we have two kids, uh, 15 wow. and 13 years old. And wow. um, yeah, so we, we're here in San Antonio, Texas. And in 2017, I had an idea for a product because I had a problem mm -hmm. and yeah. it had to do with cleaning the cat litter box, which is not a fun okay. chore. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I just set out to solve that problem and I created a prototype. And, um, and I didn't really know, even though I have an MBA and a couple mm -hmm. of undergraduate business degrees, I didn't really know like practically how to bring a product from scratch yeah. to market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also saw, found that there were a lot, not a lot of resources for people um, like mm. me who are educated and, you yeah, know, like, sure. we should be able to figure this out, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I just uh, started helping others. I started figuring it out and helping others. And, um, and, and that's kind of how Amazing at Home was born is I started writing listings for people. Um, I was writing my own listings. I was doing wholesale, uh, the wholesale business model on Amazon and I was writing awesome. my own listings while I was developing my invented product. And, um, and so I just started uh, doing that. And then I, you know, I helped people sell out of some really saturated products just by offering them in new markets. Mm. And uh, people started asking to consult with me and I didn't really know what that looked like. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was not a consultant, but I was yeah. like, okay, you know, fine. And I just yeah, let's give it a try and let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I really enjoyed it. And it just grew so fast because the people that I was helping had a lot of success. And then I That's started awesome. um, making my own course. So I was an instructor in the military for all those years. And so mm. I'm very good at taking concepts that are very, um, mm -hmm. like, hard to understand and breaking them yeah. down because in the military, we had to teach everything to a third grade level, whether it was mm, aerospace technology or mm. weather patterns or whatever, we had to teach everything to a third grade level. Um, mm. So because you have people in the military that are from all different backgrounds, yeah, different languages, maybe sure. English isn't their first language. Um, so uh, teaching comes very natural to me. So I created a 60 hour graduate level course called Concept to Launch which it walks you through advanced sourcing strategies. I started taking people to China and China trips, mm. um, teaching them how to really source, you know, how to really understand how to negotiate and how to find products off of Alibaba and, yep. you know, how to grow their businesses from the start, how to build brands. Um, and so we've been in business since uh, 2017 and uh, I launched my own private label brands and then also helped now thousands of other people launched there. So I'm excited to be here and excited to continue on this journey of helping people uh, live their dreams. 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I've been following your journey for a very long, long time. I mean, as I told you, I started when I started in the Amazon journey as a, as a seller, your podcast was one of my daily routines and definitely your content and the strategies helped me a lot. So that's why I recommend so much your content. And that's why I wanted to have you today, because I know you have so much experience and especially now that you also jump into Mexico and teaching how to search from Mexico. I know you're definitely the right person. Uh, to basically give us some tips and, and you know provide some advice because the, the reality is there there's so much so much content out there but the quality is not always uh, there so that's why it's very important for me to bring the people and not the, the best right now let's jump into the topic right sourcing from mexico uh, that's something we've seen becoming more and more hot when it comes to the amazon space specifically when the COVID hit we know all the issues people were having with China, everything that's to do with the supply chain, shipping, containers, paying 20K per container, crazy stuff like that. And people basically start finding solutions for that. So I know uh, sourcing from Mexico has been a solution for many uh, Amazon sellers. And I would like to start with the first question, which is why Mexico? Why not maybe, I don't know, Costa Rica or Panama or any country? Why Mexico? Let's start with that. Well, I mean, Mexico, first of all, is close to the United States, which is helpful, right? We just have yeah. one border separating us, so we can yeah. have our goods to uh, U.S. fulfillment centers in just two days uh, yeah. versus 30 days on a boat <laughs> or two weeks yeah. on, a, on an airplane, just depending mm -hmm. on what you can get, right? Um, so that's the first advantage, um, you know. And the second advantage and why Mexico is because Mexico has really been developed well in Latin America in terms mm -hmm. of um, manufacturing. So first, yeah. you know, the automotive companies moved to mm -hmm. um, to Mexico and started building factories there. But uh, really, you know, now it's it's really been there's apparel companies, there's, you know, Croc mm -hmm. shoes were made in Mexico, tons of uh, apparel and jeans are made in Mexico, plastics. Mexico is one of the only other places outside of China that does injection molding. So, mm -hmm. I mean, when you think of like worldwide, of, co of course, you can do injection molding in other countries. But I'm just talking about in terms of like making molds. Mexico is yeah. one of the only other countries outside of China that's known for that. Interesting. So mm. every category you can think of, you can really find in Mexico. And so it's mm. it's really tough, though, because compared to China, where we have this giant database of, you mm. know, suppliers, um, because Alibaba came in and said, "Hey, build build something." Made it easier, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and and we don't have we don't have that in Mexico yet, and there really hasn't been a need for it yet because most of the companies that establish factories in Mexico, the company is there, so there's no there's no need for that that yeah. factory to have a website and try to outsource yeah. to all these other or try to sell to all these other um, buyers, right? So. There's no need for that contract manufacturing business yet in Mexico. Now, it's not to say that it doesn't exist. Of course it exists. They have tons of trade shows. They have lots of stuff going on. So if you, you want to source, you can go in person and find manufacturers. But we just don't have that web presence yet in Mexico. I know. And I know. so we wanted to figure it out. We're like, okay, people are sourcing from there. I had clients that were sourcing from there already. And I was like, Wow, are you serious? This is great. I'm missing out. <laughs> Wooden products, um, yeah. I mean, household products, grocery products, mm -hmm. um, health and beauty. There's every single category you can imagine. Plastics, like I said, injection molding, 
Um, we had a biodegradable plastics uh, company at our last uh, wow. Evil Latam trade show. So, so many cool companies. Uh, another guy, another um, supplier we had makes barbecue grills and barbecue accessories. Uh, wow. There's patio and garden. There's, you know, so many cool like apparel companies. There's there's packaging, there's printing, there's storage, like you name it, you can get it in Mexico. But the hard part is there's no Alibaba there yet, right? Like Alibaba, of course, has a presence. Like you could, Mex- Mexican-based manufacturers could add their their page to Alibaba, mm-hmm. but it's not really, they're about relationships in Latin America. Yeah, so they're not really sure. interested in having some kind of like shadow presence on Alibaba mm-hmm. and having all these yeah. people reaching out to them, treating them like China. They want to have those relationships and they're wonderful to work with. People in Latin America are so amazing. They're just so warm and so fun to work with. And um, so that, that is really why Mexico. Wow. Yeah. That's an awesome explanation. Yeah. I I totally agree with you, especially on on the last part, the, the, the communication, the engagement with them. Yeah. It's it's in another level. They're so friendly. They're always there for you. I mean, it's such an amazing people to do business with because I personally do as well. And yeah, experience has always been top notch. Um, now you also mentioned something interesting, which is the products, right? So usually when people talk about Mexico, most of them, the, the only thing that they can think they can source from Mexico is like a products made of textile or, or, or made of leather or things like that. And I'm surprised like now you bring handicrafts, like people, yeah, handicrafts, yeah. which is great. There are plenty of those, yeah. but, but yeah, I was surprised that you mentioned everything about those plastics and all those materials. So, um, I guess one of the reasons why people don't know them yet is because what you just mentioned, it's difficult to, to create a connection with them yet. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really what ended up happening. (laughs) What had happened was, so really all these factories that are creating, I'm just looking over here at my screen from (laughs) evil.tem.com. I've got, you know, office furniture on here, office supplies, plastics, metals, like jewelry, stuff like that. Leathers, of course, handicrafts, health and beauty, ceramics, foam Mm -hmm. and synthetic material, apparel, of course, wood products, plush, um, skincare, beauty, that kind of stuff, right? So a lot of these companies that were producing products were producing locally for local retailers, stuff like that. So what ended up happening was they didn't need to go beyond their own borders. They had they it on business, yeah. Latin America. Like they had plenty of business. But when the mm-hmm. pandemic hit, well, yeah. look at all of us. <laughs> we were all looking for alternatives to China. Yeah. Or we were looking for, you know, just something. We were trying to figure out more storage because Amazon cut off our yeah. storage and, you know, mm-hmm. cut our restock limits, you know, which just happened again. Thanks, Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, thank <laughs> right you. Before, before. <laughs> um, but, you know, we were all looking for that. And what ended up happening as well during the pandemic is a lot of the retailers that manufacturers in Mexico were producing for also shut down, also had supply chain issues. So now all of a sudden these manufacturers who were just flying high, had everything going good. were like, Whoa, maybe we should look outside of our borders. Maybe there's fires somewhere else. So we don't lose our factory. Right. Well, it's not easy to just 
all of a sudden start selling yeah. the e-commerce buyers or all of a sudden start exporting. So yeah. there's a huge demand inside of Mexico and Latin America for manufacturers to work with e-commerce buyers around the world and to export their products. But they don't necessarily understand the whole process yet, right? It's kind You're of missing weird. the bridge. We're missing the bridge, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's <laughs> what we built, right? We built yeah. that bridge to bring buyers from around the world. And not only do we have a twofold mission, the first is to connect everybody, but the mm -hmm. second is to educate. So not only do we have classes to educate suppliers and teach them about e-commerce, we're partnering with Amazon and Alibaba, you know, we're teaching suppliers there how can you export how can you work with e-commerce buyers because we're different right we're not yeah. the same as like a retailer retail excuse me retail buyer right we're a little bit different so but it's a great field to get into and a great field for them to be able to even list their products you know if mm -hmm. they want to do something like that or expand their lines so it's wonderful and we wanted to provide that education Obviously, for gringos like me and Tim Jordan, <laughs> my partner Tim Jordan, it, it was a huge task. It was a huge um, yeah. undertaking. It's and so we yeah. hired local events companies that are really great at putting on big trade shows. In in And the reason, Vincenzo, that we had to start our own trade show is because there isn't a multi-category trade show I in know. Mexico. So there's like you you can go to huge plastics trade shows and artisan same, trade yeah. shows and yeah. all that, but there's no like Canton Fair in it Mexico. Yeah. So we started one because we're like, what do we do? We're gonna bring all these people there and like take mm. them to a plastics trade <laughs> show. <laughs> that's yeah. not gonna work. So yeah. yeah, that's that's why we started it is to build that bridge. And we just did our first one in June and it was a massive success. Everybody had a great time. We already have people sourcing now, building those relationships. And we already have a lot of the same suppliers signing up for our next one, which is going to be, we went from Mexico City last time and our next one's going to be in Monterey. And, um, and just so excited to continue to grow it and to continue to connect people and also continue the education piece. I mentioned we taught suppliers, but the other thing is we have to teach e-commerce buyers. Yeah. Because for sure. we don't know how to source outside of China, really. We don't. We just we went don't. to Alibaba and we think we know how to source, but that's not really sourcing. Just going to a website and making a payment, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. it's really important that if we want to you know, take advantage of other sourcing destinations. And we can certainly talk about the benefits of sourcing from, from Latin America besides, you know, shipping um, and, you know, the location and the relationships, but there's a lot of other benefits too. Labor is actually cheaper in Mexico than it yeah, is. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of great capabilities mm -hmm. um, and like the shipping prices, you're talking you know, a thousand dollars versus yeah. $10,000, even when China prices come down and they are, yeah. they're expected to come back down. And I source in China too. So yeah. <laughs> I'm with you guys. Like I want them yeah. to come down too. <laughs> but even when China prices come down, you know, you can still really make up for it. Even if the, the price per unit is a little higher in Mexico. Yeah. It still ends up being lower when all is said and done. And what about free trade? 
Yeah, so, I wanted to touch on that because you have those tariffs that you don't have from Mexico. So it's free money there as well. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So you're not, well, now you do have, it has to be 70% made in Mexico, okay. right? In order to take advantage of that free trade. And they look at a few different things in that way. But mm -hmm. um, storage too, storing your products, you can store, there's a ton of storage facilities there, right? Um, but yeah, there's a lot of opportunity um, in terms of, you know, free trade, not paying those tariffs, not spending so much lead time. You can order smaller quantities. Um, I thought also that ex when I was just calling suppliers in Mexico and I didn't really go there yet and I was trying mm -hmm. to figure it out ahead of time, yeah. um, I was getting extremely high MOQs and extremely high quotes. Mm, and yeah. I was nervous about going there in person and what we were going to find, you know, I was like, man, nobody's going to do 500 units like we used to yeah. do get in China. Yeah. I yeah. was so, I was very nervous about it. And I wasn't sure like when Tim and I were talking about it because we hadn't gone yet in person and, mm -hmm. you know, we had done a lot of calls and Tim's been sourcing from Latin America, from other countries for years uh, that he had visited in person, but Mexico was new for us. And so, you know, we were like, okay, this is what we know. Mm -hmm. And this is what is yet to be proven, right? And so we assume that the MOQs might be higher or that manufacturers might not be great at product development for private label. Okay. But we were absolutely wrong. Absolutely okay. wrong. MOQs were low when for I our see. suppliers that were at the Evil Latin Expo, MOQs were okay. low, prices were great, timelines were awesome, and product development is awesome. So I mean, it it really blew us away in terms of what we expected based on what we had heard. Yeah. And then actually going there and meeting and developing those relationships, it was night and day difference. Okay. That's very interesting. And now that you touch now on name accuse and everything, I also wanted to ask you a question, which is around volume, right? So how you feel right now sourcing from a Mexico this with high volume? Let's say you're an Amazon seller moving thousands of units do you feel they are slowly getting there or there are already some manufacturers that have that capacity oh there's to... there's definitely manufacturers that already have that capacity right okay. it depends what you're looking for so you know we had a, a variety of suppliers with a variety of capabilities at our first trade show which was only one day and pretty small mm -hmm. right we had like 150 vendors um or manufacturers there and suppliers but um, this next one is two days and we're hoping to do at least three times, you know, the number of vendors um, and expand more categories, everything like that. But um, but in terms of volume, it really it's just like China, right? Whenever mm -hmm. you are sourcing, you want to make sure that you're developing that relationship with your supplier and you make sure that they can handle your volume. Right. So you, from that first conversation, you know, we're honest, we we say like this is what i need and if you might be a new seller that doesn't yeah. or you might be developing a new product that you're like wow you know I, I in the beginning i need a lower volume but i want to be able to scale this to x right um that's all about having conversations with your suppliers so uh we do have uh one of our um ladies that just came back from our Mex last mexico trip marcella okay. we actually did an interview with her we're going to be publishing it on uh, the mexicotrip.com website okay. Um, we're just talking about her sourcing story because she just developed a product with a supplier there 
and she just got it in stock wow. and we're about to launch it. And it's so exciting. It's been a really wonderful experience. Like they sent her like 3D videos of the product wow. in development and they were just mm. so wonderful to work with. She got her sample in two days. Like wow. that's a dream, right? Yeah. That's a dream. Sometimes we're waiting for two weeks, right? So, you know, it's wow. it's been really, really good. But um in terms of, of volume, you know, we were talking about that. Like, what if this this is a smaller supplier and what if they, you know, they they can't handle the volume? And I reminded her, I was like, well, your lead time is shorter and you can ship smaller wow. quantities. <laughs> you don't wow. have to order small budgets and that's supply. it. Yeah. Yeah. So really like talk about cutting down your 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 timelines and everything, you know, it's just it's it's a really wonderful thing to be able to do. That's great. That's great. Okay. Um and I think I had another question which I get a lot when whenever I also advise Star Explorer or venues, which is the language barrier, right? So how do you feel that is going on right now in Mexico? Do you feel they are acting very fast to the English? Uh, how you feel that go in terms of international trade now between these manufacturers and gringos, as you call them? <laughs> well, I would like to address two things that I know that people always ask. Besides the language barrier, they always ask about safety. Mm, so, you know, obviously you, there's a, you, there's lots of Netflix. I know. <laughs> I know. Narcos and so Yeah, yeah. tell <laughs> that maybe Mexico isn't safe. And I want to remind people that Mexico actually has over 1 million expats that live there from the United States. And uh, I'm in a lot of these expat uh, in Mexico Facebook groups. And if yeah. anyone mentions safety, like if, like they're so defensive about it they're like it's safer wow. than you know than where i lived in the united states like yeah. it's so safe you know so of course just like if we go to chicago you know we're it depends where go, you go yeah. yeah we're not gonna go to a back alley somewhere and you know mm. you know, go hang out with a common dealer, sense right? yeah <laughs> <For sure. laughs> like, it's not what we're gonna do if you're in the city there's like i said over a million expats living in mexico and what's wonderful about that uh, and families too. Uh, people bring their kids. There's American schools, and um, so what's wonderful about that is a lot of people speak English, especially in the bigger cities. Yeah. Um, so you can get by just fine in Mexico speaking English. Um, people even move there without speaking Spanish, right? Um, but how do we address that with manufacturers and on our Evolatam trade show floor? We do it with translators. So we have translators constantly walking the floor and they're in big, bright shirts. <laughs> and so you can just grab them over. And of course you can usually start the conversation just fine. Yeah. Um, there was only a few suppliers that uh, that were like, uh, my English is not good. I'm very nervous, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I would be like, well, your English is better than my Spanish. So we're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> and then That's we good. would just grab a translator, like, hey, translator, yeah. can you come over and just help us have a conversation? But it was very warm. And, you know, mm -hmm. the, the language barrier, that's how we kind of handle whenever we do have language barrier issues. The other good thing is like a lot of people speak Spanish. So mm. I speak a little bit of Spanish. I understand Spanish. I used to be fully fluent. And when oh, I moved yeah. around the world and learned new languages, I kind of lost some of my Spanish. Yeah. So I'm trying to get it back. <laughs> but um, but I understand it. And it's really great to yeah. to have a lot of people on the trip like you, right, are yeah. going to speak Spanish and they just help each other. And it's just a wonderful experience. 
it's a little easier than Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so that's good. And then all of our education that we have on the stage is simultaneous translation. So when you come to right. one of the education tracks at the trade show, you can put, if, if they're speaking in Spanish on stage, you can put the headset on and it'll come through in English and vice versa. Very nice. Very nice. Good. Yeah, you answer that question perfectly. I like it. Good. So I think just to start concluding uh, today's episode, I usually like to ask if is there any tip or thing you uh, we missed today that would add value in terms of sourcing from Mexico? Maybe some things that you would advise for people to avoid, something to add value as a last one? Yeah. So, you know, obviously, like I said, Mexico is not China. Um, there, mm -hmm. You're going to be able to find a lot of great products there, but you shouldn't expect to like, you know, replace every single product yeah. that you source mm -hmm. in China. It just doesn't make economical sense in all cases. But uh, like for me, I have 12 SKUs, right? And um, I'm able to source like, I think all but one in Mexico profitably. So that's okay. good. Or at least at the same price that I'm currently getting them from mm -hmm. China. Right. But one of my products is just the material is more readily available in China. So, and it's only made of that one material. So yeah, it would make sense to import <laughs> yeah. it all the way to, uh, to Mexico and then just have them make it there. It just doesn't yeah. make sense. So that's the first piece of advice is just realize that, you know, anytime you diversify your sourcing, realize that um, some stuff is going to be great and some stuff mm -hmm. isn't. And then you're going to also find a lot of new opportunities that your competitors can't. Because mm. when you are sourcing from Mexico and you're going there in person, and by the way, we also have suppliers coming from Colombia and other countries in Latin America okay. that will be at the trade show. So you're going to get to meet other suppliers as well. And mm -hmm. we have sourcing agents there. So in case you're the supplier that we have a matching program so that in case mm -hmm. the supplier is not there that you need, you're going to get the resources that you need from that. But okay. also note that it's very difficult, as I mentioned earlier, to source not in person, right? Like people yeah. always reach out to us. One of the I biggest know. things that we get when they register at evilatime.com and you guys can register for free for the trade show. You just got to get yourself to Monterey, which is very <laughs> easy to get to. Right. Yeah. Um, but when people reach out on the website, they're like, can I just have a list of suppliers? And yeah. can I just, you know, and the reason we don't list our suppliers on our website is because we don't want them to get bombarded with a bunch of suppliers of famous, that yeah. are like, oh, you know, can you can I treat you like China and can I get no. contract manufacturing with you? Right. We want to build those relationships and we want the people that come and source in person who are looking for that relationship um, to get value from both sides. So that's the reason yeah. we don't list our manufacturers on the website. Um, but also note that. If you want a great sourcing opportunity from Mexico or Latin America, it is best to go in person. So this is a wonderful time to come with other people who are in our industry and connect. Um, you know, it's inexpensive. Like I said, you can register for free for Evil at Tem. If you want to up your game and come and learn all the things and do factory tours with me and Vincenzo and you want to yeah. do all the things. Everything. Lots of big dinners and fun things together and just the whole experience. You can go to the Mexicotrip.com and you can do the whole seven day sourcing trip with us where we're also attending the trade show. But either way, dip your toe or go the whole route. 
um, definitely go in person because just like when I went to China in person for the first time and it completely changed everything for me, it's going to do the same if you take a chance on Mexico and go in person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's definitely something you can miss, especially now with, uh, you know, everybody is doing the same thing over and over. And one of the reasons why so many people don't make an Amazon because they do the same thing, Alibaba, China, copy paste, and that's it. So but yeah. if you think outside the box, like going to Mexico and meeting these suppliers and really finding things that are unique, I'm pretty sure you have much more chance to succeed which is awesome. So yeah, thank you very much, Amy. So it's been a pleasure for sure to have you today and can't wait to meet you in Mexico, yeah? Yes. <laughs> thank <laughs> thank you. you so much for having me. Bye. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.